Today's episode of the podcast is a special one. We're sticking with the theme of missions and recapping the Ecuador trip that some of our students and adults went on during spring break. The Wednesday night after everyone got back, the team got up in front of everyone and gave a collection of stories of all the things God did there. Now, there's no grand thread tying them all together. I'll pipe in here and there just to keep the story moving along, but this is a peek into all that God was doing on that trip. Now, just to be upfront with you, this episode is going to sound a bit different. This audio is captured straight from the soundboard in the arena, and in order to make sure that everyone has heard at a decent level, I've had to tinker with the audio. So you'll be able to hear some white room noise in the background, but the voices should drown it out for the most part. We hope and pray that you're blessed by the stories of this team. on stage and uh, you don't have to share anything but we do want to lead everyone in a song at some point um this is jody gambrell our student pastor tick tick tock yes yes i actually looked for that song on youtube today and could not find it for some reason um but if uh we if if you don't know anything about ecuador uh it's right on the equator uh hence the name ecuador gets its name from being in the middle of the world there it's in south america can you guess what language they speak? Spanish. Obviously, we can't speak Spanish, but we had a great team of translators, and uh, I'd be willing to bet most of these people can speak Spanish a little bit better than they did this time last week, right? Uh, we had a great. We worked. The cool thing about our trip was we got to work uh, in a school. Now, if a church were to come to the states and try to come to your school, probably would not be allowed, right? We're not really supposed to do that in our country, unfortunately. But like, we were able to go in for three days at this school in a, a community called uh, Ali, Alabama, which is very similar to Alabama, up in the mountains, very high up in the mountains. And we got to actually go in for three hours. Was it two or three hours? Three hours a day and just kind of take over their program. So we did recreation. We did drama, which you saw in the video, and we did crafts. And we split up and we rotated each, each student got an opportunity to do each each thing, and uh, we had an awesome opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to uh, to a lot of people who probably never heard it before. Ecuador is very; um, they would probably say it's a Catholic country, but the Catholicism there in Ecuador is nothing like it is here. Many of you have Catholic friends that that know about Jesus, and very similar probably to what we do here in the Baptist Church over there. It's very different. They elevate Mary to a, a level probably above Jesus himself. They make up a lot of things, which we saw a lot, learned a lot about that. Um, so we got we got a great opportunity to go in and made some some um, great connections there. Uh, there was one person on the school board that did not want us to come. Um, he was a Mormon. Or was he a he was a Muslim, a Muslim Jehovah's Witness. And he was, he, he was the one objection. And by the end of the week, he was talking to our missionary, Steve Thompson, about having his group come out and do some more things. We kind of built, built some bridges with him and saw that we were there doing good work. And so that was a cool thing that we may have won him over just by sharing the love of Jesus over there. Um, then there's two camps we got to go to, and I don't want to be the one doing all the talking tonight, but... Most where you saw the, the did y'all see the drone video the volcano that's an active volcano 
called Tungahara. I don't know. It's hard to say in English with an English accent. Tungahara. It last was uh, in my first time. I went in 2011. I actually got to see it erupt a little bit. Like some things came out, but it hasn't been active in a, in a while. It was about five miles from their camp there. Um, beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, we were, I think, the highest elevation we were this past week was 13,500, somewhere in there. We took uh, some screenshots of Snapchat where it actually showed your elevation, and some of you may have seen that. So, you may, we were very, if you've ever been to Denver, Denver's called the Mile High City. How many feet is a mile? 5,280. So imagine tripling that basically, and that's how high we were. Um, got to do some cool things. Then we, about Thursday, we got to travel down to his jungle camp, um, which was a lot lower elevation. It was about 90 degrees there in the sun. And uh, equator sun is a lot hotter than northern hemisphere sun. So you had to, we had to be very careful wearing sunscreen and bug spray and all that kind of stuff. And so you saw the, the last VBS activity we did. There was a, a community there. Uh, called Chichika Rumi, um, and we we had a smaller group there, one of the church plants, and got to just share the love of Jesus on that day. And these guys did a fantastic job. This is one of the, if not the best, mission team that we've ever taken. Um, they just worked their tails off all week, and uh, so proud to be a part of this group this past week. And we appreciate y'all's prayers. I know we've been asking for prayer for a long time, and we really do think God used us in a mighty way. And so thank you for praying for us. But I just kind of wanted to open it up and kind of if y'all may want to share a funny story or just a way God used you or just an experience you guys have. So this first story happened literally minutes into the trip while stressful with a capital S in the moment. It's a fun story to look back on now. Well, we, uh, David Thornburg's not here. Dave, <coughs> David Thornburg has been on all the mission trips with me. He, um, he's our bus driver. He's the only one that has a CDL license. So we met at like 5.45 a.m. We loaded the bus to get over to Birmingham. And we start, we get on 359, just the first interstate before you get on to go to Birmingham. And this, this person, I didn't see him, but someone pulls up beside the bus and starts like waving. Start, starts honking and waving. So we knew something was wrong. And so we kind of figured out maybe the back of the luggage compartment's open. And we realized that was the case, and we didn't know. We, we pulled over and realized, yes, the luggage compartment's open. There, We're missing some suitcases. So we turn around, get to the church. We pulled up just right outside here, and we see, I think, one suitcase. Two, two bags were immediately left. And then uh, Jonathan gets out uh, and, like, walks down the other side of the interstate to see if he sees any. And then we pull up and see one bag right there on Lurley and B. Wallace, and so that was our first little hiccup on the on the trip. But like we get to the airport, and luckily we we came we got to the airport with all our bags. So a um, little stressor to start the morning. It's, uh, some funny how Satan can sometimes try to get in and try to try to mess things up when he knows we're about to do something cool for the Lord. So uh, that was a that was a good story. Now looking back, it wasn't so fun in the moment. So uh, and I, actually, y'all remember the weather last Saturday? Snow too. So we were kind of hoping we could get to the airport in ice and snow. Point me to one mission trip that hasn't had some sort of luggage fiasco. Anyway, after this, Jody took the mic and passed it around to anyone who wanted to speak. First man up was Will Patton, one of the adults on the trip. Once again, bear with us on the room noise. I'll start so I can be shortest. Uh, Two 
cool things really right when we got there was uh, we went to a service that Sunday morning and it was in all Spanish so we didn't know what he was saying but the cool thing was we did sing songs with them and of course they were songs we knew the music too but couldn't you know I couldn't remember the English words to it but I hummed along with it but just knowing that you know we're in two different from two different countries but we're we're singing the same songs and praising the same God and that was really cool to be in that service uh, and the other I thought was really cool was just the fact that it had been two years since we were like the first group really to come back and work with them and it had been a couple years since they'd been able to take a group out to do VBS and stuff and then to be able to go into a school uh, was, was really neat. So. There's a bit that he touched on that I can personally attest to. I got to go to Puerto Rico on a mission trip last summer and while there the group I was with got to be a part of a church of the Spanish-speaking congregation. There are few things that offer a glimpse into heaven better than one group singing in English and one in Spanish or any other language for that matter. It really brings the scripture to life and hammers home the promise that one day every tribe, every nation, and every tongue will be singing praises to the same great God. This next talk is from Mally Scarborough, our associate student minister. Um, I've been on a few mission trips, um, and I'll just say, like, for this one, like, the team, um, everybody just had the best attitude. Um, things are a lot different than they are here, um, and... Um, like we didn't have like air conditioning and different things like that, but like everybody really just had the best attitude and was really like gung ho when it was time to do work. Um, and so being a part of a team that didn't really complain and was just ready to do work was really exciting. Also, it was really cool for me to watch um, some like families serving together. Um, grow the church I grew up in, we just didn't take a lot of mission trips, so I've like never been on a mission trip with my family. And so I would just really thought it was really cool to watch um, parents and kids serving together. That was really cool for me. And then one last thing is um, one of the missionaries that's there, Chris, was telling us the last day at the mountain camp that the community we were serving in was actually um, a like pretty lost and dark community because there's just there's like a Catholic church there, but there's not necessarily like a Baptist church there. And so um, us being in the schools and then now with that board member um, making connections with the missionaries there, um, y'all can be praying that, um, that they'll be able to plant a church. We actually ate, the last day we ate at a church, we ate lunch at a church, and the hope is that that church could eventually plant a church in that community. So y'all can be praying for that as we're back here. Okay, um... This is Emma Claire Patton, a friend and frequent guest of this show and a senior in the student ministry. So, I think um, what I really enjoyed was getting to... Because I had been to the mountain camp before, but I'd never been to the jungle camp. And that was just really cool, like, getting to... First off, like, be in the jungle. And also learn a lot about, like, the different tribes that are along the river where the camp was and like how um, Steve, like the missionary, how he's like taking canoe trips out to these tribes for like six to eight hours to get to them, to like share the gospel and just learning more about like Jim Elliott and Nate saying how they reached the Warani tribe. And there's like two other tribes that haven't had the, like 
haven't been reached with the gospel there that are like still murderous tribes that they're just praying that young people would come and dedicate their lives to them. So it was just really cool like seeing all of that and um, getting experience that and like getting to go into the Kichawa tribe and do the VBS on our last day was just amazing and we met um, one of the ladies who was the first believer in that tribe and she's this older lady and she was looking over all the younger ones at the VBS and that was just really sweet. And I really enjoyed like getting to know everyone on the team a lot more and just see everyone's personalities come out and um, getting to connect with like all of the um, workers there from the States and also from Ecuador who are just um, working back in the kitchen or helping with the BBSs, leading worship. They're all just like super nice, great people and there are strong believers who are striving to serve their community. And so it's cool to work beside them and um, get to encourage them and be encouraged by them. She mentioned Jim Elliott and Nate Saint. We'll return to their story in a moment, but I want to draw your attention to a parallel between them and the missionaries currently in Ecuador. As you'll discover, the story of Elliott Saint and their cohorts involves them trying to reach the unreached people of the country and ultimately giving their lives for it. The story is echoed now by the people currently in the country in that they take these hours-long canoe journeys to continue to reach the lost in Ecuador. They're continuing the work that was begun by these men. That's just a neat parallel I wanted to draw your attention to. Up next is J.C. Walker. Um, well, it was fun at VBS the uh, first, second, third day with the kids, especially being tackled constantly. <laughs> that was it? Short, sweet, and to the point. Never change, J.C. Fun fact, if you want to see the being tackled constantly story that he's talking about, check out the video Jody put together on the trip. You can find it on our app or the YouTube page. Next up is David Barrett, and a theme to pay attention to in his story is the faithfulness of God over many years. All right, um, so I've been to Ecuador. This is my fourth time now. Um, I've been to the jungle camp once before, way back in 2015. I was a much younger uh, person then, much more uh, full of life. Uh, but it was really cool for me just to see, because every time we go um, and we take a tour of the camps, um, the missionary there, Steve Thompson, will always tell us, uh, hey, uh, he'll tell us a story of like how all these buildings even got here, and half of them are a miracle that they were funded, that they were built on time, that they got any sort of property or land whatsoever. Uh, but he'll always say, hey, I want to you know, put a new chapel right here. I want to put a new uh, coliseum right here. Uh, every single year we've gone. And I'll think, man, that'll be that'll be great to finally see one day. And, you know, to come back now and actually see, like, you saw that giant uh, building down there when we had, like, the drone shot of the jungle. Uh, that was not there, what, maybe three years ago? I, it just didn't exist at all. And the fact that they were actually able to build that with no building permits whatsoever. That I mean, God literally just said, okay, I'll give you, I mean, quite literally brick by brick, uh, this new building here, this new coliseum uh, that they're using for, uh, for youth space there. So to be able to see, I mean, extremely tangible evidence of God's provision there has been uh, an extremely rewarding thing. Once again, the video will offer a clearer look at the buildings he's talking about. This is another kind of story that I've seen personally. Years ago, I went to Kentucky on a mission trip, and the people God has placed there live their lives with an almost supernatural dependence on Him. They trust with their whole heart that God will provide the resources for what He's calling them to do. The same is true with us. 
He's not going to call you to do something and then leave you to sort through it on your own. No, he's going to provide what you need when you need it. There's going to be a fair bit of trusting him involved because that's where he wants us to be. But when we see him move once, we can be sure he'll do it again. It just takes trusting him one time. Next up is Lee Henderson. I was just going to say um, thanks to Riley for making me go and getting me out of my comfort zone. And um, if any of y'all have any ounce of desire to go in a couple years when you go back, beg your parents to take let you go and take them with you because um, it was just a, one of the best things I've ever done. Um, one of the workers there, her name was Jocelyn, or Jos Jocelyn, not Jocelyn, well, jo Gasoline. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. This is Emma Claire again. Gasoline. Um, she was at our VBS um, when we went three years ago, just helping, like, kind of lead it there, like, goes to that church in Banos. And now she's working with Camp Chicalco and like is helping put on these VBSs and being discipled by Steve and other people there. And she's hoping to like continue to be a, like go to seminary in Argentina and um, be a missionary like either in Ecuador or wherever the Lord takes her. But it was cool seeing how like she like remembered us coming to her VBS and got connected with them at Camp Chicalco and now is discipled and um, being sent out for the Lord's work. So that was just really cool, like seeing it in full circle. Something that's so great about going to the same place multiple times on mission is reconnecting with some of the people God put in your path the first time you went. It's another sign of his faithfulness to see how he's working over the years and to see some of the fruit of that on a return trip. This next story is from Jason Walker, another adult that was part of the team. One thing that stuck out to me for sure was the... Uh just the people overall, you know, you recite all their names still, just you feel like you'll know them forever. But Steve and Carol Thompson, who were the main missionaries there, and just their testimony, it's pretty incredible. You can't even relay it without sitting there and listening to the stories and what they've been through, the faith they've had through the years. But the uh, one story that Steve told about going into the jungle and just taking the gospel into some of these remote areas and at some point talking to some people in an area that hadn't had any access to any infrastructure of any kind and at first a road came through kind of through the middle of their general area and the next thing you knew they had water you know which we'd all think is a bare necessity obviously and then they had power and then they got internet you know next thing you know they're they're kind of like a little city and they have every modern convenience not like we really have but still they had some of those those basic things and I, I guess a leader of that church maybe had come back to him later and was just heartbroken that ultimately that all this had happened. And the main thing, ultimately at the end of that path of development of roads and power and water and all these things was just the outside world's ability to come in, mainly with internet access. And that in that area, they had never had, you know, rapes and they'd never had stealing. They never had a lot of these things that really, and not that you just say, because I know everybody's addicted to their phones and, and accessibility and social media and things. But ultimately, when you really sit back and you really think, what is the influence that, the, that these things have on me? And to see a, a town as a, a test case of what can happen and basically wishing that, quote, civilization had never come there. So Steve's point was, when we think we're civilized and we think we got it all, and, and these are just great modern conveniences, you got to look at 
things both ways and, and just guard your heart. So that was a pretty interesting story. All right, do you remember that parallel I asked you to pay attention to earlier between Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and the current missionaries in Ecuador? This next talk is from Jody, and he's going to tell the story of Elliott, Saint, and the rest of their team. Um, if you, if you, how many of you have ever heard the story or seen the movie End of the Spear? The story of the missionaries, um, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint. There are five, uh, there are five total missionaries that were, that had gone in. We actually got to see the house that they lived in in Shell, Ecuador. Um, their goal was to go in and, and try to reach this tribe that no one had ever reached. No one, no one from the outside world had ever contacted before, and their their goal was to tell them about Jesus and um, what seemed like uh, they'd made some 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 strides they'd they'd gotten close they'd sent some care packages it looked like they would this was a very very uh, like brutal uh, tribe they were very they were known they were called the Akas which meant what's like sa- something savage worthless savage really and uh, they were just known for just killing and all sorts of things. And so they had actually thought they'd made some strides. And they actually landed and uh, were going to go in and try to reach them for the gospel. And all five of these guys were killed by the spear. They speared them to death. And uh, their wives came in. They searched for the bodies. They found their bodies. And it sounded like a terrible ending to that story. But now um, it has an actual happy ending. Uh, the wives came in. The work continued. And, and that tribe ended up turning towards... Jesus. They became they became Christians, um, and that's that 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 movie is called Into the Spear. The book is called Through, um, Through Gates of Splendor, uh, Beyond the Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot. Um, I'd encourage you guys to check it out, to read it, to watch the movie, and we had, we kind of got to experience um, some of that on the trip. Got to see people who came from those tribes, and got to see the the, the story firsthand, and so. The song we're about to sing is a song written by Stephen Curtis Chapman, um, and it, it was written about that story. And so Jason and JC and the rest of us, I ask y'all to stay up here, and the words are going to be on the screen, and uh, we'd ask y'all to sing along with us, and this is how we'll close tonight. So uh, after this song, we'll, we'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Before the team closed out the night with No Greater Love by Stephen Curtis Chapman, Jason took the mic and added a bit more to that story. The missionaries killed when he was a young man and as he grew older actually was part of that missionary team that went back into the jungle to witness to this Wadani tribe and he ultimately was with through God led the person that had murdered his father to Christ who then led helped lead others to Christ so unbelievable faith and story of forgiveness that he would go back in and do that and this is partly what the song was written about, just the initial initial missionaries as well as uh, Jim Elliott himself. We were not able to capture all of what Jason said, but he's talking about the son of one of the missionaries that was killed and the forgiveness and faithfulness that resulted from his act of obedience to return to that tribe. The son led his father's murderer to Christ, which in turn helped to bring even more members of the tribe to Christ. God's going to to do things in life that we don't understand. The Bible says point blank that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't get to decide what he does, but we do get to decide how we respond. This son said yes to the call to return to the tribe that took his father, and because of that, lost were found and souls were won to Christ. Well, if you look at this team, I don't want to like pick on the team, but like you would probably say there's a lot of shy, not very outspoken or outgoing. That's not a bad thing. 
This last bit is from Jody. He'll give one more story from Ecuador and offer a look at next year's spring break mission trip. Let the stories of this team be a reminder to you that you don't need some special ability. You don't need to pass some exam. You don't need to be the best at something. All you need is a heart that's ready and willing to say yes to God. Thanks for listening. I'll let Jody finish this out, and we'll see you on the next episode. And you may be thinking, well, that you may relate to that, but just know that God used every single one of them and got every one of us out of our comfort zones. And I bet you would, they would if you ask any one of them, they're probably like counting down the days until two years from now we, until we go back. Um, you don't have to be an outspoken kind of leader type. You know, there's different kinds of ways you can lead. But God used every single, I was so proud of just the ones who, you know, like normally don't, you don't hear a lot from. And I think this is a, probably a struggle for a lot of us getting up in front and standing on the stage. You know, that's, that's, that's hard for a lot of us. Um, but God can use you. And uh, every spring break, Lord willing, we'll have an opportunity to do something like this. Next year in 2023, the plan is to go to England to work with UK USA Ministries and Mike Taylor. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, the cost is usually around $2,000, which sounds crazy expensive. But right now, we're a year away. You can start doing things right now to start funding that. And um, there's, diff- there's all sorts of ways you can do that. And I promise you, uh, if, if you feel called to go, the Lord will make a, a way for you to go. And then in two years, our plan is every other year to go back to Ecuador. And, and so if you can play soccer, if you, if you love kids, if, if you love missions, I promise you God will use you uh, on trips like these. And uh, there's something about getting outside of the context of the U.S. Um, a seminary professor of mine once said, one or two percent of your year spent outside the, your normal context. Well, once you get back, uh, like talking about spending it on mission, once you get back to the United States, it will change you. And I promise you, a lot of these these, these students and adults will say, I, I've been changed by this trip. Like, we went to serve, but God will speak and use us as well. He'll, he'll, he'll work through us on, on trips like this. And I promise you, we see things with a different, uh, in a different way. In the jungle camp, in this area, in the mountain camp, there's Wi-Fi. And, like, we have cell phone plans. Like, for $10 a day, you can use your phone. In the jungle, until Wilson went and got the neighbor's Wi-Fi password. But even after that... Like, really, there was only a little, little one area that if you had the Wi-Fi password, you could use your phone. But wasn't it cool just for those nights when you didn't have, you, 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 you couldn't get on your Wi-Fi, you couldn't, couldn't get the NCAA tournament scores. Like, we just sat up and talked and played games, and for hours we just sat, sat around and played, played guitar with uh, people who couldn't speak English, and they sang in Spanish and we sang in English. And that may not sound like a good time, to you, but it was an awesome, awesome, awesome experience. And so um, just words can't really express everything that happened. And just so proud of this, this group, and I'd go anywhere with them. So. Thank you for listening to this episode of the T-Town Students Podcast. We hope and pray that you were blessed by what you heard. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify and just let us know how we're doing. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.